0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Bonnie and I are praying for you. We care about you, although we can't meet in person. I want you to know that our staff, our pastors are available to you. Our prayer team are on standby to pray for you. And in this difficult time, there are some needs that many of us have in the church. And we're here as a church to meet those needs, whatever they may be, spiritual, physical, meals, whatever. So on the screen is actually some phone numbers uh, that you can call and reach out to. Uh, to allow us to serve you as a church and help you in any way. So jot those numbers down and they're like our lockdown hotline that you can call so that we as a church can respond and serve and make sure everyone is connected. Everyone is followed up with because we are better together. Is that cool? Let me pray. Father, I pray for every person. Um, who's listening right now, I pray by the Spirit of God that you would just cut through all the issues in our lives, in our world, that your word would speak to us. Your scripture, it's powerful. It's a double-edged sword that can change hearts and lives. And we pray uh, your word would do that today in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. I made sure the pillows uh, are better. Bonnie said they're all messed up last time. So <laughs> we got the pillows in order. I just can't move them around. Today, I want to share about a miracle that amazed Jesus. Yeah, could you imagine? Jesus, all-knowing, all-powerful, is amazed. It'd be pretty hard, I think, to amaze Jesus. There's one miracle where he was amazed. Does anybody know? Maybe You Put your hand up if if you think you know. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's in the New Testament. Does that help anybody? Uh, It involves a Roman soldier. Come on, put up your hands, stand up, slap someone next to you. I know the miracle. Put in the chat. I know it. Uh, Here it is. Matthew 8. You ready? There was a Roman soldier and he tells Jesus that his servant is sick. And Jesus says, all right, I'll come by, I'll drop into your place and I'll pray for your servant. And the Roman soldier says, forget it, no way. My my house, it's like, it's a mess. Maybe they're in lockdown, I don't know. But you know how the bedrooms, our kids' bedrooms, they kind of move? into the living room and your living room has got pillows and dooners and and then your classrooms is suddenly in your kitchen and there's mess and food and stuff all over the place. Well, maybe that's what was going on with this Roman soldier. So he said, no, don't come to my house. You're not coming. And he said, all you have to do is say the word and he'll be healed. Say the word and he'll be healed. Let's have a look in Matthew 8 verse 10. When Jesus heard this from the Roman soldier, he was what? Say it with me. He was amazed. One more time, he was amazed. W- why was he amazed? Uh, was he amazed because this Roman was a non-Christian and believed that Jesus could heal his servant? Was he uh, amazed because he was so successful and powerful and rich? Uh, wh- why was Jesus amazed? Matthew 8 verse 10 tells the story, continuing on, Jesus turning to those who were following him said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith. Come on. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Jesus was amazed because of this Roman soldier's faith. The only other time in the New Testament that we see Jesus was amazed was in his hometown. We pick up that story in Mark 6, 5. He could not do any miracles except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was, here we go, Here's the second time this word's used. He was amazed Not like the Roman soldier at his great faith. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Amazed in scripture here means to wonder. It's admiration. Jesus was amazed at the Roman soldier's faith, but he was also amazed his friends and family in his hometown's lack of faith. When it comes to your faith today, Would Jesus be amazed because of your great faith or would he be amazed because of your lack of faith? That is a tough question to answer. Let's unpack it a little more. Let's look at your prayers this week. Just look back and what have you prayed for? What did you ask God for? Were they big, bold prayers like asking for healing or, or deliverance or asking more for provision or for your children to be raised up that they could impact their cities and, and their schools? Was, was it praying that they would start Bible studies? Was it praying for revival? Was it praying that our church would make a difference in lockdown? What, what were the type of prayers you prayed? Or maybe your prayers were a little bit smaller, a little safer. God bless our food Um, when we say grace at the dinner time. Or or maybe God keep me safe. Or God, I pray I'll get a car park. Or or God, please let me find something to watch on Netflix because I've watched everything and there's nothing worth watching. What do your prayers... Reveal about your faith. To be honest, when this second season of lockdown came, my prayers were a little small and safe. I was praying things like, God, please don't let it last too long. God, please keep us safe. God, let us survive. God, let us endure. God, help us to get through this season. It was more about survival and enduring. Instead, my prayers honestly should have been bigger and bolder. God, I'm believing for you to do something in lockdown that you've never done before. I'm believing for you to gather the hearts of men and women of our church, that they would fall on their knees and connect with you like we've never connected. That God, my heart would be drawn closer to you, that we would make a difference in the city of Sydney during lockdown. My prayers were kind of small and safe. Now, they weren't always like that. When I first got saved, I would pray and believe God for everything. Maybe you can kind of look back and think about when you first came to Christ and you read the stories in the gospels and in the book of Acts, the miracles, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm a praying machine. I remember at 18, uh, I would pray for everything. I would pray for my air conditioner in my flat that broke down I'm telling you, this is before God. I laid hands on the air conditioner, bam, it started working. I remember my car broke down. I had an old Kingswood station wagon. I laid hands on the bonnet of that car and it started. I I was praying for everyone. I think part of this happened when I went on a mission trip. And we went to the Solomon Islands and we had a real season of teaching of prayer and healing specifically in the church. And and we were told that wherever the ailment was, the physical ailment, you had to lay hands on that according to Scripture and believe they'd be healed. So if you had had a headache, you'd lay hands on your head or if you had a bad shoulder, you'd lay hands on your shoulder. So we're in the Solomon Islands. We're having this preaching crusade. Look, I'm a new Christian. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to follow the rule book, you know, of laying on our hands. And so we're all out the front of the stage and people are coming up and wanting to be prayed for. There's a whole bunch of us. Well, this lady comes up and I say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm here to pray for you. I'm God's man. I'm the healing evangelist. Uh, where is your ailment? Well, she kind of looked a bit odd. And then she she sort of said, well, I'll tell you, it's... Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's here. And, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I, there was no manual. There's no handbook, but she had uh, some lumps and pain, uh, you know, here. Uh, and I know this is PG, so I'm trying to, to keep it, kids watching. And I'm like, God, what do I do? I, I've been taught that I have to lay hands on the area of the body. And now I'm thinking in my little brain, you know, if I lay hands on their back, Would the power of God go through the body? I don't know. You know, I I kind of have to lay hands on the area. It's what I was taught to do. And I'm praying, God, give me wisdom. What do I do? And I kind of looked down the line and there were my pastor and a few others praying. I looked the other way and everyone was sort of head down and praying so no one was watching. So I thought, okay, God, here we go. So I just went, Jesus name, heal this woman. And then I'm praying, Jesus, forgive me. I know not what I do. And I'm praying and I'm confessing And I'm repenting and anyway, long story short, but there were miracles. (laughs) That was was a crazy, crazy trip. Uh yeah, your pastor. Look, that was years ago. I I was I was I was uh, in my early I was 18, so what did I know? Um but I saw blind eyes open. I, I I saw people. Um, their ears open. I remember walking up these pathways in these villages to pray for people and seeing the power of God. I, I had this faith God, God, you can do anything. And so today I want to unpack for some of us, we may have lost that great faith. Maybe we actually, when you look at our lives, there's a lack of faith. Our prayers have become small selfish. And I look at this scripture to amaze Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? Wouldn't it be great if we amazed Jesus with our great faith? Let's have a look into this story of this healing that this Roman soldier saw uh, through his great faith. We'll pick up the story in verse five, when Jesus Returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. So, the first lesson we need to learn about great faith is this Roman soldier cared for his servant and he came to Jesus. Now, what's interesting about this Roman soldier, he's not a Christian. So he's actually a pagan. He was hated by the Jews. Uh, They were bringing great oppression on the Jews. They were controlling and ridiculing the Jewish people. Yet he humbled himself and he came to Jesus because he cared for his servant. Regardless of your problem, big or small, we have to come to Jesus, That's our first lesson when it comes to great faith, come to Jesus. You need healing, come to Jesus. You, you need a job, come to Jesus. You, you're believing for salvation for a family member, come to Jesus. The Roman soldier came to Jesus and we too need to come to Jesus to believe for the miracle to happen. Let's continue on. Uh, but the officer said, look, I'm not worthy to have you come in my home. Just say the word where you are, my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I've come, I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. This Roman officer was in charge of about a hundred soldiers. He knew the power of a command. He knew the power of a word. Isn't it interesting that the power of God comes through the spoken word? Jesus spoke and miracles happened. God spoke and the world was created. We need to be reminded our words have power. Don't let your words be negative. Don't let your words be complaining. It's easy in COVID to get caught up with all the drama. Don't let your words be small or negative, but let your words bring life. Let your words be positive, uplifting. Let them be based on Scripture. The power is in the words. Let's be reminded our words have power. Let's continue on verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Remember, we talked about that. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Now, Jesus has hung out with a whole bunch of Jewish people, a whole bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees, a whole bunch of of people that were following him, including his disciples. Yet he said, I haven't seen faith like this, except from a Roman who didn't know the scripture. He he didn't know Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He had no knowledge of God, no experience in the practice of Judaism. Yet Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this. That's encouraging for me. And I believe it's encouraging for you because our faith isn't based on how good we are. Our faith isn't based on how much we know. Our faith isn't based on how many scriptures we can recite. Uh, Our faith isn't based on how long we followed Christ or whether we're a pastor or or not a pastor. It's simply childlike faith, the Bible says, that moves the heart of God. The problem is over time, when our prayers don't get answered, our hope is deferred And it erodes our faith because often we put our faith is based on the results. And when our prayers aren't answered the way we want God to, our faith can be eroded. But I want to explain to you today, our faith isn't based on our prayers being answered. Our faith is based on who God is. Let, let, let me let me say that again. Our faith isn't based on what God does. Our faith is based on who God is. Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Even in lockdown, He's still on the throne. When bad things happen, He's still on the throne. When divorce happens, He's still on the throne. When a loved one gets cancer, He's still on the throne. When our kids go wayward, He's still on the throne. When we suffer from depression, He's still on the throne when lockdown is extended he's still on the throne well why does that matter because when we understand our faith is based on who god is our faith isn't shaken when god doesn't answer the way we want our faith is based on who god is who is god he's the alpha the omega he's the beginning and the end he's the almighty all powerful god when our faith is based on who god is not on an experience that we have or not on a result that we see, our faith can actually be strengthened, not shaken in difficult times. The problem is for me, when prayers don't get answered, my faith can get eroded. I can start to doubt and I can start to drift. And so it's important that we keep our eyes on who God is. We remind ourselves in scripture who God is. We remind ourselves what God has done. That's why the scriptures are so powerful. We, we can share stories today about this Roman soldier and the miracles that took place to remind us, yeah, God's still God. He can still move. He can still work. But the problem is when we don't see God the way he really is, And maybe we see God through our eyes of of familiarity or our eyes of limitation. We then start to act like family and friends acted where they actually lacked faith. Remember the story I shared earlier in Mark 6? Let me give you some understanding on the family and friends and why they lacked faith. Jesus had left there in verse one of chapter six and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked, what's this wisdom that he has been given? What are the remarkable miracles uh, that he is performing Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the carpenter? It's interesting, those who were closest to Jesus, friends and family, couldn't see him. They couldn't see who he is. They let the prejudices, they let jealousy overwhelm them from seeing who Jesus was. They let familiarity blind them. Um, Sometimes we can do the same thing. They use the words, isn't he just a carpenter? Because a carpenter was considered a lowly job and a carpenter just didn't work with wood. In those days, stone was the most common material and a carpenter would often use stone to, to build things. But it's interesting, a carpenter was more of a builder and that's who Jesus is. He's on this earth to build us to build our faith by revealing to us who he is. Then they said in verse three, isn't this Mary's son? That's quite a derogatory statement because in Jewish culture, you would always reference the father's name, not the mother's name. So they're kind of having a go at him. They're putting him down. Isn't this just Mary's son? And the brothers of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon, and aren't his sisters here with us? And they took what? They took offence at him. Offence in this context means unfavourably or unjustly judging. So it means to judge unfavourably or to judge unjustly. And so often we do the same. When God doesn't answer my prayer, we can judge unjustly and we can say things like God doesn't love me. That's that's not true. God died for you. God loves you. You're the most precious commodity on planet Earth. If you were the only one on planet Earth, He would give His life for you. Or we can judge unjustly in other ways. Well, God didn't answer my prayer. We can judge unjustly. I'm not good enough. I'm a loser. I've failed. I'm a sinner. Yet the truth is through Christ, we're forgiven. Through what Jesus did, we're made right. Through His goodness and His grace, we're forgiven. See how we can shift it and and we can judge uh, unfavourably? Or what about this one? Well, God didn't answer my prayer. I don't have enough faith. No, that's to judge unfavourably. That's to take up an offence. Because Scripture says you only need the faith of a mustard seed. The smallest, tiniest seed That actually grows into a massive tree. Don't judge our God unjustly or unfavorably because of our lack of knowledge or understanding. Then Jesus said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, amongst his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed, here we go, at their lack of faith. These neighbours, they were too familiar. They knew little enough about him to think that they knew everything about him. Let let me say that again, that's a great quote. They knew little enough about him to think they knew everything about him. Don't let your limited knowledge of Jesus, cause you to limit His power in your life. As we close today, I wonder, as God looks at your prayers and mine, is He amazed at the great faith or our lack of faith? This scripture and teaching today has really challenged me. And I've realised my prayers have been too small. My prayers have been too safe. That I need to pray and believe God will do more than He ever has, and He's not limited by lockdown. That God can actually grow our church in lockdown. God can reach more people in lockdown. God can minister to people in lockdown. God can use you and me to reach others in lockdown. God's not limited by circumstances. He's not limited by situations. Let's get together as a church and let's start praying some big, bold, powerful prayers. I'll close with this story. Last Sunday, um, after we had had our church services online, I got a call from Sanjeev. That's our missions director at our Hills location. He says, Miles, Miles. Sanjeev's all excited. And he said, I saw this photo of Sydney. I'm going to put this photo on the screen. That photo there, he saw of the city of Sydney. Sydney. And he says, Miles, I saw the photo and I saw the city of Sydney. Now, remember, we've been trying to help people during lockdown with with care packages. And he said, Miles, God just stirred me. Man, But we we were helping people, but we need to dream bigger. We need to do more. We need to help. And and this is, (laughs) I'm on the phone there. Yeah, Yeah, mate, let's help some people. He says, we need to help all the homeless in the city of Sydney. And I'm like... Okay, uh, I'm all right. And then that wasn't enough. He then follows up with a text and he says, God moved me to unleash an arrow of support for our homelessness in Sydney. And I'm like, that's big, bold faith. I'm like, come on, Sanjeev, let's do more than just a few care packs. Let's change our city. Let's help the homeless in Sydney. And then in our Penrith location, we're supporting a local aid group who are part of a church called the Rock Church. And they're providing accommodation, meals, showers for the homeless. that that we wanna actually change the whole Western Sydney. We wanna change the city of Sydney. Come on church, we wanna pray some bold prayers. We wanna put resources through your giving of legacy. And we wanna believe God to move like we haven't seen before. I believe God's challenging me. I believe God's challenging you. Would you stand with me? Would we stand together and remember who Jesus is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, that there is nothing He can't do. Let's pray some big, bold prayers together during this week. Let's go out and make a difference in our city and in our Western Sydney area. Let's pray prayers for revival. Let's pray prayers for God to move like never before. Let's pray for the wind of the Holy Spirit to move through the great Southland, for our children to dream dreams, for our old men to see visions, for God to move with signs and wonders and miracles. Come on, I'm praying that God would expand my faith that He would give me the courage that I would amaze Him not by my lack of faith but by my great faith that's our prayer for us as a church Father I pray today that we would be challenged, that we would look at the story of this Roman soldier and we would say, God, we want to amaze you with our great faith that in lockdown, you're gonna move like never before, that our church is growing and expanding, that we're here to make a difference, that we would pray prayers that are big, faith-filled, bold, that are something we can't do in our own strength. Still praying today, I, I want to pray for those of you for the greatest miracle on planet Earth to happen. And that's the miracle of salvation. What's, what's salvation? Maybe someone sent you this link and you're not a churchy and you got no idea about these Roman soldiers and miracles. Let me tell you, there is a God and loves you and we're all born with this thing called sin in our lives that's the gospel jesus came lived a perfect life he's the lamb of god he is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. He's sinless. He's flawless. He's matchless. He's perfect. He lived. He died. He rose again. He defeated the grave. He overcame the devil. He defeated sin so that we can be saved if we call on Jesus. We can't do it in our own strength. And here's where the miracle takes place. When you call on Jesus to save you, He forgives you instantly. The Bible says you're born again and you're heading to heaven. Without Christ, we're heading to hell. Heaven and hell are very real. We are eternal beings. And so Jesus came and died on the cross and rose again. So the greatest miracle, and that's the miracle of salvation, it's available to you, it's available to everybody. It's not something we earn, we receive it by grace. And today, I believe there are people who are listening to this message. You need that miracle in your life. You need Jesus to forgive you. And all you have to do is call on His name to believe, to repent, to turn from your old ways and turn towards God. Remember the Roman soldier? He came to Christ. It's the same for you. You need to come to Christ. How do you do that? You just open your heart up and you say your prayer. And I'm going to pray it with you right now. Let's all pray. Jesus, I am a sinner. I need a Saviour. Forgive me. Be my Lord. I turn to you. I surrender my life to you. I want to follow and serve you all the days of my life. I pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Come on, let's celebrate those people making that decision for Jesus Christ to be the Lord of their life. Amen.